This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Back again with another edition of the Clay Young Show here on Podcast225.com, iTunes, and also available on the Talk 107.3 mobile app after a quick little hiatus there. Uh, and back this week with maybe not the most bubbly of subjects, but I do think it's going to be one that will be handled extremely well. As our guest in studio is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez. She'll be here talking about suicide. We have seen and heard about this a lot recently because of the death of Anthony Bourdain, the suicide death of Anthony Bourdain and two other celebrities, and some of the numbers about suicide in this country right now should really be grabbing our attention. Uh, it's, it is something to see, you know, I, I watched Bourdain's show a little bit in passing, I'm not the biggest fan of some of the cooking shows. I'm not against it, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not that I have a problem with them. It's just I don't follow them as much as as is the case with a, a whole lot of other kinds of of television, but I knew who he was and if I saw him on, you know, if I you know passing by CNN, see him on there and he's talking about something, I'd stop for a little while before moving on or or going on to do something else. And he always seemed so in control of his emotions and obviously we have learned we've learned about some of his battles with heroin from the 80s some of the other things that we have uh, that have come out about his struggles and and things that he overcame and he is lauded by a lot of people who who saw strength in him overcoming those things and then lo and behold we find out that there were still some demons that he was struggling to overcome and his death was after Kate Spade, I believe. And then, of course, the young man who was the actor on the Goldbergs TV show, a TV show called The Goldbergs, took his life. And it's a pretty sad thing. People around the nation, people around the world, have been touched by this, having either known someone who lost a loved one to suicide or having a loved one that they may have lost to suicide. And it's a worthwhile discussion to have. And so Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez is going to be here in studio with me talking about suicide, some of the triggers, some of the factors that go along with that. We're going to talk about the impact social media has on people's mental well-being and the facade that's often created on social media about people's lives. You sit and watch that and go, man, when did that thing switch from being about having a good time and even those annoying pictures of people's food to these almost reality show-like make-believe lifestyles? Remember in the early days of reality TV that Every person on reality TV was living in some big mansion in Beverly Hills or Southern California. <laughs> you know, all these shows emanating from these m- mansions. It's like, okay, everybody doesn't live in a mansion. Everyone's not moving around in a Rolls. 
And it's just kind of evolved on social media. People don't need to be on television. Hell, you don't need CBS, NBC, or ABC anymore. You got FaceTime Live. And that's all good. Hey, listen, to each their own, man. If that's what you want to do, God bless. But when it's unhealthy and it's sapping years, days, minutes out of people's lives, then maybe we ought to take a look at it. And I'll say this, there are no perfect people. Everybody's dealing with something. In the case of most people, they're little things, but in in some cases, people are dealing with really big things. And you would think that you would know, but it's clear now that with some people going through things, you may not know. So it pays to pay attention to the people you care about. So, listen, you can follow us on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, on Facebook forward slash ClayYoung, the dapper guy, and the pose that I've been using as a profile picture for, what, seven years? Uh, That's up there. And, of course, if you would like to suggest a topic or ask about a topic we have discussed, you can email me directly, Clay, at podcast225.com. Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue is up next. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors, offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up? the day phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call. 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here and they're going to continue to give you great service. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pestop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. You know, John, lots of people are out nowadays. It's that time of the year and fleas and mosquitoes are a problem. And the good thing there is you can use the same product for both problems. Amazing. So what does that product do? Well, what we want to do is we want to treat the entire yard. Okay. And you also want to treat the underside of bushes. Okay. Most people don't understand that just spraying a product on top of the bush, how come it's still got mosquitoes? Because right. they're nesting under the leaves. You need to knock that out. Okay. So, you know, we're going to help you with all of that, tell you exactly what to do, when to do, how to do it. So you won't have any questions when you leave. Here's an amazing thing about this. The product actually does work, but if they come to the store, they can find out how to use it. That's exactly correct. All right, so where are you in the Baton Rouge area? Our Baton Rouge store is located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a mile north of I-12. Or just give us a call if you have questions at 273-4788. Don't just do it yourself. Get the information. Go to the showroom at Pest Stop. Well... She's back. Welcome home to Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue, who has not been in this room since no. the birth or since before the birth yep. of your new son, yes. right? Yes. And uh, first of all, it's good to have you back in the studio. It's How does it feel to be back? Nice to be back. It's very nice to be back. <laughs> when MK was wa- affectionately, as we all call her, when MK <laughs> is walking back into the coming into the building, she's like, wait. 
I don't think I've been here since before. Because you go in baby time warp yeah. and you don't even remember yeah. your life. <laughs> so how long ago was that? He was, so he just turned five months this week. So, so um, it had to be, be well, six, it, was, it was well before then. Probably the fall, October, November. So yeah, about seven months, eight months Because ago. before you guys, I mean, you guys put a few shows in the can before hiatus. So right. even after you were done, there were two or three that ran. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's so good to have you here. I, we always... We've talked about so many subjects, either on your show or on this one. And right now, America is even more captivated with the subject of suicide. And in the last three weeks, there were three high-profile suicides. Uh, Kate Spade. Spade. Kate Spade. Spade, excuse me. Kate yeah. Spade, uh, not a purse guy. <laughs> uh, Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. And then the young man who was on the Goldbergs. Yes. Uh, last yeah. name's Odell. It eludes, it, his first name eludes me at the, at the moment. And it really, for a few days, kind of captivated media. People were talking about it. Right. As a mental health professional, what is your reaction to the, that series of incidents that took place and the public's reaction to it? Well, of course, the first initial reaction is just shock. Um, right. It's and, and knowing that um, as a community and as a country and as a, as a global community, we are, we are all grieving. And whether or not you had a, an affinity for these people, a connection to these people, um, knew them personally or just knew them publicly, it's, we go through those emotions um, of, of, of being shocked, being in denial, being, and it's Jackson Odell, by the way. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to get that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, being um, angry, bargaining, you know, kind of what do we need to change to make sure this goes away? Or, mm-hmm. or how do we kind of fix what's going on? And then some acceptance um, of that we've lost these people and how to move forward. So as a mental health professional, I immediately um, think to to how to help others mm-hmm. that are going through this, whether it's on a very micro level, it's, it's either themselves or a family member struggling um, with thoughts of suicide or again on this global scale of yeah. how can we as a human race start to have these conversations about reaching out for help, finding support and doing that in a very cohesive and, and loving way. Historically speaking, America has experienced conflicts since the very birth of our nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, conflict created what we now know as America, and in periods that followed the Declaration of Our Independence, we have seen you know the Civil War, a racial unrest, and mm-hmm. everything that has followed. So we have had these high-pressure moments right. in our country's history. However, the statistics are showing that we have suicide rates that are higher than, than maybe ever. ever before. Right. And I wonder... To what do we attribute that? Well, there's there's multiple factors. There's no one answer, and I think a lot of people want that one answer. But really, if if this is something that we're looking at as a whole, let's mm-hmm. look at the whole picture. Okay. Um, yes, you are correct. The CDC, uh, the Center for Disease Control, recently came out with an article saying that suicide rates are up thirty percent since mm-hmm. 1999, um, which is staggering. And just yeah. alone, um, the the in one week we had Anthony Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, and then Jackson, Jackson Odell, Odell, and yeah. then you know. Um, 865 other people mm-hmm. would be committed, committing suicide that same week. I mean, mm-hmm. th- those numbers are, are sobering and staggering. And so to look at this, not just as a one note of 
what's this problem, but right. looking at it from multiple areas. So you have what they traditionally and historically, we've looked at it from what they call an illness model as, as far as mental illness and what that plays into a okay. diagnosis for someone struggling with thoughts of suicide. And then in this new CDC res- report, they are saying, look, we also need to look at this by a socio-cultural model of suicide. What, what does that factors? Mean? So what that means is social behavior, um, to social, economic, and cultural circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and sure, read sure. just a little bit mm-hmm. from an article from um, Psychology Today that that talks about this that I thought was really poignant. Um, and they said that, um, what are some factors of this sociocultural model of suicide to look for? And it says, such as loneliness in a culture that values individual accomplishments over connectedness and relationships, fraying community ties, heightened political alienation in our increasingly partisan blue-red divide. Yeah. Yeah. Socioeconomic stressors, um, stressors such as the rich get rich and the rest of us struggle to make ends meet, um, and growing isolation as people interact less and spend more time online. And this mm-hmm. is just, you know, having us look at maybe these are some of the factors that could potentially be leading to this bigger picture and conversation as to, you know, how come suicide exists in our culture. It is, it, it's, it's fascinating uh, because you see the depressive nature of society now impact so many. I mean, I don't, maybe I wasn't paying attention, maybe because of the president, the presence of social media, we see it more, but I can never recall as much dialogue about children, mm-hmm. teenagers, mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. committing suicide or talking about committing suicide as if the pressures of the world have overwhelmed them. Right. And I and and I don't ask this question making light of it or demeaning it in any way. It's it's just it's just I'm using English. So don't but people shouldn't read into it any more than 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 what it sounds like. But how is it that someone who is and we'll get to adults too, mm-hmm. who is 12 or 13 is so under pressure by the the environmental factors around them that they want to yeah. kill themselves. Right. Well, again, there's not one answer to 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 that question. Okay. I think again, just like adults and and children, looking at it from both models, from that illness model of mm-hmm. mental illness and diagnosable mental illnesses, um, and then these cultural factors. Right. Because yes, I you know I think there is an in, an increase because of across the board, there's more exposure to these stressors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big myth is that if we talk about suicide then it puts that seed in someone's head, which is not true. Yeah. And the research can show that that is not true, that right. the, the lack of talking about it can sometimes suppress people um, inability to reach out for support. Right. So it's a conversation we need to be having and, and with our children and with our teens and adolescents to let them know that these, these negative um, depressive thoughts or symptoms that you're having, mm-hmm. that there's people that can help, yeah. that you're not alone. And yeah. I think it can become really isolating when you're behind the screen of your phone yeah. and you're, and you're seeing what 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 seems to be this perfect life that other people are putting <laughs> right. out there, right? Because we- it's so easy to create that crap online. Sure. You, sure. How do you even know? Right. The same is true, and you and I know this, the same is true of celebrities on tele- television shows mm-hmm. or movies. Mm-hmm. We see a portrayal of them, but you don't know this person. You don't know what their right. life is really like, and history proves right. that so few of them who are as happy as they appear on television actually are as right. stable as they right. look. And so you let you let into something and this is such a a heavy thing. The interpersonal skills of human beings. Mm -hmm. It is often clear to me that 
people are more likely to communicate and dialogue in a more comfortable way over a phone Mm -hmm. texting Mm -hmm. than they are having face-to-face conversation. I'm just the opposite. Right, right, right. (laughs) Texting is too much work sometimes. I just want to talk to people. Right. How does that contribute to what we are seeing? Or does it contribute at all? Well, no, and I I think what the CDC was suggesting is that it is, is that we are, um, we're we're losing that connection, that being able to read body language and being able to um, express that empathy empathy face-to-face and be able to see how our words or how our actions are affecting people in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not with a filter. And that's not, you know, right. 140 characters or less. Right. And so um, it is, it's an, it's a very important, now not to, and we've talked about this multiple sure. ways on, on your show and our show about how, you know, social media is not the enemy. The no. Technology is not the enemy no. here. I think that there's a lot of positives that come with it, but I right. think we need to be socially responsible, especially with our youth, about teaching the appropriateness of it or how mm-hmm. to use it. You know, I think just biologically, the way that the, the the timing of how the brain develops and we're expecting young children or teenagers to process information on an adult level. Right, right. And so... It's um, interesting. The You said something earlier, you referenced something earlier that that is such a big deal. And I think people are now seeing it and calling one another on it. It is the make-believe life mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. created. For the person doing it, for the person who creates this perfect mm-hmm. scenario of what their life is, for everybody outside to see it, could you take what's a, behind that? Yeah, what's right. behind that? And in multiple, multiple different factors again. And I know that might sound like a frustrating answer because there's not. No, no, no. But one, when you're but dealing with yeah. people, there's no one fix all or exactly. one one exactly. trick. People, determination. people can put um, certain things out there for for many different things. Whether it's insecurities, mm-hmm. whether it's ego, whether it's just keeping up with the Joneses, whether it's you know this sense of um, I want to virtually create a reality that I don't have. Is it escapism? It could be escapism. There's multiple different ways that people, the, the motive and the intent behind it. But I think as as the, the person on the opposite side of the image uh-huh. that's processing it and taking it in, we can't control why somebody would post right. something. So it's really about being incredibly mindful of the dialogue okay. going on in your head. So there, there are great numbers of reasons why people may do it. However, let me ask... If you were to say what are the most dangerous among them, the mm-hmm. most destructive among them, what could some of those reasons be? Uh, for people to put falsities Creating this in, in some way that could be destructive. And I don't know how, but it clearly does happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, as far as danger, I mean, I think that we all have to be take personal responsibility as to why we're doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and be more consciously aware of the reactions that we're getting. Um, and, and, and you know, I, I think we can't expect everybody to be doing things with pure good intentions. Mm-hmm. Not walking around being a cynic, not saying sure. that, but um, being able to filter. Nobody's perfect. Right, being able to filter the images and the content right. in which we're seeing and set boundaries. You mm-hmm. know, saying, you know, I know actually, it, I know a lot of people that have begun to take their social media off their phones, meaning mm-hmm. that they still have their accounts, but they are setting that boundary because if it's on the phone, if they have the app and they're waiting in line somewhere or they're trying to kill time, they're going to look at it. When really it's, it's 
not about um, that need. It's just more of like That's a good. void filler. Yeah. <laughs> and so in order to check it, they have to um, like log into their right. account from a laptop or something like that. Even logging in from their phone, it takes that extra step. It's right. not so readily available. Right. Um, and that's the responsibility that an individual takes because we can't expect these devices or these technologies to um, always be operating because that's the thing. There's so many different factors and sure. reasons that people post things or say things or do things. There are, and, and we, we kind of talked about social media, but there are many reasons why people end up taking their lives. And obviously you, you are someone who has studied this and is a practitioner of helping people mm-hmm. to understand their mm-hmm. mental status. Anthony Bourdain, n- n- people around him, based upon what you see on the news, mm-hmm. say that he had struggled with heroin in the 80s, but that he seemed secure. Mm-hmm. He seemed pretty stable in his work and, and in what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so no one really knew that he was still fighting with whatever demons he was fighting with. Right. Are there ways to recognize that in someone you care about? Well, there's there's sometimes... Yes and no, I guess okay. is the, the answer. Um, you know, when you when you are close with someone and that you notice that their behavior is changing. That, In what way? Changing how? Like uh, somebody that was really um, outgoing becomes withdrawn. Or they're, um, they, because we say this a lot with kids, like things to look for with kids that are going through grief or trauma. Like mm-hmm. you just notice something different where um, their anger is expressed differently or um, just it's something that you notice that, is just feels kind of off. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, one of the things I think any survivor of suicide, any loved one or family member, um, struggles with that guilt of what did I miss? What did I not see? And sometimes the answer is that that person that was struggling made, you know, they worked really hard to make sure you didn't see mm-hmm. it. Um, and so it's about not trying to um but but excuse yeah. me for but why though when the, the the part the part about working so hard mm-hmm. to hide it mm-hmm. so you've the duality of the the rage turned inwards the mm-hmm. the the despair mm-hmm. the just everything that's weighing on a person mm-hmm. and i don't say that in any judgment i just basically no, 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 but no. the the duality of that versus them working so hard to not let you see it right right why why there's it's it's everybody's individually different. Like it it would be hard to say, make a generalization as to why somebody would do that. But I think it just speaks louder to whether it's mental illness or the socio, like the, like what the CDC says, CDC says of the sociocultural, um, factors of suicide. Mm -hmm. It's, it could be any of those reasons that the, a person is struggling and it's how they're coping. It's their lack of coping, Mm -hmm. their lack of support, um, is all factors in, that plays into it. So I, I think it's really hard to say that this person did this because dot, dot, dot. Like, it's really hard to fill in that blank. I know that that in, in your practice at, practice at the, the wellness studio that you guys deal with, you help people of, of different ages. Mm-hmm. And w- without being specifically uh, specific about any of those cases, mm-hmm. what is your philosophy when you are talking with someone new and you are trying to get them to recalibrate their perspective, to, to at least hopefully get them to get in touch better with themselves mm-hmm. so that you can help them right. discover the happiness within, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, no, that does. And there's multiple theories and theoretical orientations from which counselors work from. So okay. there's, there's 
many different okay. ways of doing that. For me, I can speak to me personally as a clinician. I work from what's called the person-centered model, which is very much about self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. And so I like to kind of become, um, go on this journey with the person I'm working with for them to see, to for them, I always say, give a man a fish, he eats for a night, teach a man a fish, he eats the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So helping them develop universal coping skills or communication skills or ways to manage their expectations that they can then apply to multiple um, life experiences. So oftentimes it could be one event that brings somebody into counseling saying, okay, well, I got divorced. And yeah. so I you know, want to work on that. But really that's just kind of opening the door to look at their behaviors and the way that they communicate and the way that they cope um, and find ways to self-empower them to make positive change. Mm-hmm. How, and, how, 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 do, how do you... Well, I think it's it's looking at what they've looking at coping skills. We'll take that one as an example. Mm-hmm. What have they tried in the past, and why wasn't that working? And then looking at exploring different avenues of a coping skill um, that potentially could could be a. a a factor that they can incorporate in their life Mm -hmm. moving forward where they might like a a good way to look at this is your happiness. If this, if you're looking to find happiness from external factors, well, my job makes me happy or my hobby makes me happy or this relationship makes me happy when really we, if we're constantly finding happiness from an external factor and trying to bring that inward, the the problem is, is those external factors aren't controllable. Things can change. So it's all about finding happiness from within that you then exude out and so you're able to be happy with yourself and bring happiness to your work bring happiness to your relationship bring happiness to your hobby what if it's very weird weird question but we've known each other a long time so it shouldn't (laughs) surprise you what is your definition of independence for the individual uh that's a good question um and I'm sure it's going to be different in terms of ratios and, and yeah. amounts. For, but if you had to give a standard definition of independence, someone who seems totally free, right? What right. would that be? I, I think it would be that happiness coming from an. For, you're in your happiness is internal, and you're putting that out in the world because right. that means you're in complete control of it. Like you're not. You don't need to seek that from anything. others. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And you know, there are times that. You meet people like that. Mm-hmm. I, I've told this story. It's about, like their energy. You can tell oh that energy. Man. You're like, oh, I just want to bottle that. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I could remember, gosh, MK, this must have been 15 years ago. Uh, you must have been in like what? Second grade? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Old as, I'm older than dinosaur farts and people don't know it. Cause it but anyway, just so I remember... Uh, and in the Shenandoah area, like wanting to grab something quick for lunch. So I just said, you know, what the heck, I'll grab fast food. And so this little lady, I go inside and this little lady is in there. And I don't know what it was about her, but you notice her because she just seemed so serene. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I get in, I get to my place in line and she asks me, uh, do I work at her bank? Because she says, I look like a guy that works at her bank. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, you know, in a shirt and tie. And she said, and so she finished and she was so polite and just so kind. And so the next time I saw her, I'm going through drive through and this young lady is freaking out on the register and, and she walks over and I couldn't hear what she's saying. But as she's talking to her, you could just kind of see the tension melt off of mm-hmm. this young. So now you're paying attention. 
So the next time I see her, I just, you know, I, I, I said something to the effect of, um, man, you're happy all the time. You're in such a good. And, and she said, there really, you know, there really isn't anything to be sad about. And then she talked about, she said, I'm going to church this evening. She invited me to her church. <laughs> but she, but it, it, it was clear that her strength wasn't just from there. But she said, my Bible's right out there in my truck. And this van mm-hmm. had so many dents, it looked like a raisin. Oh, and, and then she's helping her daughter raise her grandchildren. And I'm thinking, here is someone who just isn't going to allow themselves to be downed mm-hmm. by any circumstance. Mm-hmm. Why can't more people do that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it, it, well, I can't speak for all, all other people, but I think sometimes it's hard because it's every, every decision, and, and, and I don't know this person, but it would seem like every decision that person oh, made sure. was, and, was one of their, well, their crossroads. And, like, do I want to make the negative be negative well, or bitter. Yeah. Or, you know. Well, and the thing is, I'm meeting her at a place in life not knowing what it was like before sure, or what sure, she had sure. gone but through. But she makes a conscious choice every day or in every moment to be to look at that positivity. And it's hard. That is a hard thing to do. But I see, but look, you you are a business owner, a mother, you're dealing with the public. We have to consciously be in the moment of what we're doing when we when we're doing mm-hmm. it. And so for a lot of people, it is difficult to not allow these external things like the traffic or the weather or right, all these things right. to affect your day. What what's healthy? What's a healthy coping mechanism right. coming mindfulness, from you? Mind, mindfulness. Mindfulness over and over again. Yeah. So there's a great book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and it talks about how to it's really training your brain to be very present, very much in the here and now, because outside of that, according to this theory, outside of that is not in our control. Mm-hmm. We are only controlling the moment that we are in. And it, I always say, think about mindfulness as, um, or the, you know, your mental health is the same way you treat your physical health. You have to work at it. You can't just get up and go run a marathon the next day. Right. You have to train and be prepared for, for those, those big moments in life. And so mindfulness right, right there would be my answer to that. The, when you are talking with people about relationships, because I, 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 we did talk about independence, mm-hmm. someone who is free, healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. What are some factors that are consistent with a healthy relationship? Whether it's a with marriage, yourself, a friendship, right. a siblings, right. relatives, whatever. Right. And with yourself. Right, right. Yeah. I think um, healthy relationships um, can be based on communication, can be based on support. Um, if you're looking at like the various facets of well-being, so as mental health professionals, I know that we've talked about this before, um, we were, we operate from what's called the wellness model. And yeah. so you're looking at these various facets of well-being, which are your spiritual well-being, your um, emotional well-being, your physical well-being, your financial well-being, your social family well-being. And so when you're looking at this pie chart of well-being and you're trying to find um, where, where do things feel not, there's not a balance of that. Um, I think healthy relationships are being able to look at your well being and say, okay, like I am tending to all of these facets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think the key to healthy relationships is work, work, meaning good communication, work, meaning good listening, yeah. um, work, meaning being supportive. And so, um, it's about looking at yourself and, and making sure from the, that, that wellness model 
am I in healthy places for all of this? Because then we are able to lend ourselves to healthy relationships with other people, with healthy relationships at work, with healthy relationships with ourselves. There is there, and, and I know we've we've got to wrap up here. There, there is a lot of discussion about medication mm-hmm. and whether or not we have an overly medicated society. Right. To be honest, I can't really speak to that, not being an expert in in those fields. I do know that there are, as an ad guy, there are a heck of a lot more commercials right. and messaging, you know, messages about pills and things that you can take. Right. As without getting you to get into the 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 media aspect yeah. of that, yeah. What is your response to? people wondering how healthy it is for us to be so medicated well and the same caveat i'm not a medical expert so Mm -hmm. i can't really speak to the medical side of that however i can speak to the mental health side of it and what the research suggests about you know medication is helpful counseling is helpful together they are the most effective however that is not that doesn't mean you have to run out and get a counselor and a doctor in the same day Mm -hmm. i think that you have to look at your individual journey in mental health and talk to your your healthcare providers talk to your physicians about how you're feeling and if medication's right for you what might be right for one person may not be right for the next person i think that yes the the media or um there's these blanketed statements that we just you know we're over medicated or we're under medicated and really we have to go back to the responsibility and ownership of just ourselves and yeah. talk to the experts, talk to your medical pro- health care providers about if medication's right for you, talk to your mental health care provider if counseling's right for you. It seems so hard. I mean, trust is such a major factor in anyone being vulnerable enough to share their pain with another. Mm-hmm. And because people are so out there with every piece of information, you know, you hear it from people all the time in settings like I don't want to say anything or I don't want to go this place because it'll be all over Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And I just wonder how much of that contributes to the isolation that people are in because they don't want people to know they're weak because it, it juxtaposes to this lifestyle that, that they're putting out there. Right, right. And, and, you know, for you, where do you tell people to start? I mean, you, you, you talked earlier about what healthy is and and people finding liberation but what is step one yeah well step one is talking to healthcare providers if you feel like you are struggling um reaching out for help and support i mean even if it's you know calling the um the 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 suicide right uh, crisis and helplines mm-hmm. which i'll i'll plug right here it's 1-800-273-TALK which talk is 8255 mm-hmm. reaching out talking to a loved one a trusted friend a trusted loved one and seeking out the professionals that can right. help you medical professionals mental health care professionals that's where you begin why is it that's just kind of a silly question almost rhetorical but why is it that it takes well known Americans to draw attention to something that is clearly a growing problem for our society and societies around mm-hmm. the globe, I mm-hmm. might add. Well, I think it's just everybody is talking about it. And yeah. so um, it it brings attention to it. And it's like it's our news is so readily available, whether yeah. it's on your television and on your phone or in your office water cooler talk. Everybody's talking about it. And so um, which, you know, I think is is the first step to bringing an awareness and seeking help from the professionals. The, and finally here, yeah. mur- murder suicides. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen so much more of that mm-hmm. in society and it catches the news every time there's one. And unfortunately in Baton Rouge, we've seen a great number of them. Uh, I mean, what is that about someone who 
or what I, maybe I'll just ask what what is that about well I think you're it goes back to the same motives for for suicide again it, we can't get into each individual's person's mm-hmm. head but um it really talks about just from from mental health and these sociocultural factors. Um, really, I think it's it's probably one and the same. Really, mm-hmm. because it just it seems like there's so much more of that. Yeah. Too. Yeah, um, and that I really these are horrible relationships apparently on the outside that end up culminating in something you know as as self selfish and destructive as this is. Right. And I mean, for someone to. You know, to take your own life, it does have an impact on the people around you, the people who love you. Right. But when it's with someone else, right, right, and, well, and, and it's and it's hard because we can't. Um, it's it's hard to speak to what motiv- motivates right. or drives anybody to commit crimes sure. or commit any acts of violence. Um, I think it just goes back to um, promoting and advocating for mental health and for help and support. Right. And, and being there for someone to at least have enough faith in you mm-hmm. uh, to hopefully show you something that could keep them here with us. Right. Uh, and, and I see people make so many judgments of those who commit suicide. And, you know, I, I, I don't get into that mm-hmm. because you can't know what someone has gone through. Right. And it's easy from the outside a thousand yards away to make some grand judgment. But it's sad. It is. And right. I hate regardless the circumstance that it's sad and you just hate to see it. Exactly. Yeah. Tell people quickly about the wellness studio. Yeah. So the wellness studio is a mental health private practice here in Baton Rouge. We also have a office in Covington and you can, um, find us at www.surprisinglywell.com and, um, check us out there and see the other therapists that work in our practice that actually specialize in, in various different, um, different specialties so if, if there's something that maybe you are struggling with that we can help and check out the the archives of their show the waiting room yes. here on podcast 225.com thanks mk brand Thank new mommy how's the baby yeah, he's good getting big <laughs> getting big yes oh and before we get out of here we we would be remiss if we did not give the, the disclaimer the same one that you give on the yes, waiting room the waiting podcast room. Yes. but let's let's do that here yes that um any anything that we talk about today is um not and on the waiting room is not meant to replace uh mental health therapy mm-hmm. or any form of diagnosis that if you are um in struggling with some of the themes that we're talking about today or need help to uh, contact your mental health care providers or your uh, primary care providers, check with your insurance panels um, to seek help from mental health professionals, but this is not meant to replace that type of help. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. And now, today's Manners Minute. South Louisiana is known for street parties. Let's take it to the streets long before Mardi Gras. Why not organize a street party in your neighborhood this summer? 
No better way to get to know your neighbors than to invite them to take it to the street. It's not hard. Print or handwrite an invitation and post on your neighbor's doors. Make it a BYOP, bring your own pop, and invite everyone to bring their favorite foods. Pull a couple of grills to the street and ask folks to chip in for hot dogs and hamburgers. Set up a few card tables. Organize old-fashioned games that all ages can play. Dodgeball and Simon Says, Freeze Tag, Hopscotch, Red Rover, and the list goes on. Turn up a little music, uh, a little bit, and you're ready. Snap some pics of your neighborhood street party and post them with hashtag BRRespect for all to enjoy. Visit hashtag BRRespect at mannersoftheheart.org to join the movement and sign the pledge with respect Baton Rouge thrives. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 three mobile app. This is the Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Well, 165 is in the books and glad about it. Appreciated MK joining us again. Having her back in studio was fantastic. Congrats again to she and her husband on the birth of their new baby boy. All right, we're working on pro sports for next week, a discussion about the 2018 athlete, the coverage of sports, the fans of sports teams, and really what the hell is up with some of the hot take nonsense all over television and radio. Can we make it stop? That discussion is next week. Thanks again for listening. Please don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Share our posts. Let them in on what we're doing here at podcast225.com. It's my pleasure. It has been my pleasure to have you here with me. And if I might say this on the way out, if you are struggling with some mental issue, if you are struggling with depression, some pain, anything that has you in a place in your life where you are thinking about taking your life. Just remember that there are people out there who care about you and people who want to help you. It makes all the sense in the world to take advantage of the resources that are out there for people who are in need of help. You don't have to be by yourself in this. And you can call the suicide hotline to, to get information, to talk with someone, talk with a professional, someone, anyone, who can help you level up and get to a place where you're going to be okay. Because it really, really is out of control. The numbers are way out of control. And that National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. And with that, my friends, have a great one. God bless. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.